Pastor Chris's podcast. So it's Christmas in July, and and in just a little, in just a few moments, I want to read a familiar Christmas passage to you. But before that, I have a passage from Jeremiah that I want to read, and I need to give you the context for that passage. In this particular instance, God has sent the Babylonian army to lay siege and to punish the city of Jerusalem. The city is under siege, and God has told Jeremiah to prophesy against Jerusalem because they have sinned. They have lived for generations uh, in idolatry. They've been worshiping Baal. They've also been worshiping things like money and power and their identity as a nation. And God has now come to hold them accountable by using the Babylonian army. And he has sent Jeremiah to tell the people that the army is coming and the army is going to defeat them. Now, of course, the people inside, the leaders inside Jerusalem don't like what Jeremiah is saying. It's not good for morale when a prophet is telling all the people in the siege that they're going to lose. And so they are trying to silence him. And they are plotting to murder Jeremiah because he speaks God's truth and they don't want to hear it. And so I want to read to you Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 20, because it tells us one of God's names. And in Jeremiah 11, verse 20, it says, O Lord of heaven's armies, you make righteous judgments, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are studying the names of God. Every time God reveals part, every time he tells us his name, it reveals part of God's infinite character. God reveals the names his people need to hear. It may not be a name that people want to hear, but it is a name that the people need to hear. And today, the name of God that we consider is Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of heaven's armies. This is who Jeremiah was speaking to. As these people were gathered around plotting to murder him, simply for telling the truth, he cries out to Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of heaven's armies, to be a righteous judge and to pour out vengeance on those who are trying to kill him. This past week, I got to go down to Columbus, Georgia, to Fort Benning, and to visit with my nephew, who had finished basic training and now has finished infantry school and graduated. My little nephew's grown up. He's become a soldier. And I could definitely tell a difference in him. There was just something about the the way he carries himself, and you could see that, you know, he, he, I think he's 19 or 20 years old, so it's not that he wasn't grown up before, but now that he's been through training, there's something new and different about the way he carries himself. He's a man. He's a soldier. And it was neat, if you ever get a chance to go through Fort Benning through the Infantry Museum, um, it's a great museum, and it's free, and you can go through. have lots of different exhibits there. As we walked through the Infantry Museum, it was neat to have been there with me. And he would look at one of the exhibits, and he would talk about the weapon that was there and how he had 
got to fire that weapon during basic training or through infantry school, and, and he would tell about how it had evolved from different weapons that were used in, the pa- in past conflicts. So it was kind of neat to have him there. And he also talked about the infantry division he's now part of and how it was organized. He said, you know, in, in my squad, there are 10 people in my squad. Those are the people that he spends all day with in his squad. Ten people in that squad, and two or more squads makes up a platoon. Then he said three to five platoons makes up a company. Four to six companies makes up a battalion. Two to five battalions makes up a brigade. Three or more brigades makes up a division. And Ben is in the 25th Infantry Division, which is somewhere between ten to 15,000 soldiers. And then from there, it gets even bigger, and it goes on and on. But I was already overwhelmed by that point, and I think I stopped listening. But can you imagine, just within a division, how intimidating it would be to be in the presence of 10 to 15,000 well-trained, well-armed, disciplined soldiers? I would want them to be on my side, right? I wouldn't want to be at odds with them. Well, one of God's many names is Yahweh Sabaoth, or Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of Heaven's armies. If you would find 10 to 15,000 human soldiers overwhelming, imagine the host of Heaven's armies. Now note, Yahweh is not the Lord of Heaven's army, singular. The word is He is the Lord of heaven's armies, plural. Look up at the stars in the night sky. Can you count them? Neither can you count the host of heaven's armies that are at God's disposal. And each soldier in God's army is a supernatural mighty angel. Now with that in mind, We come to the familiar passage that we often read during Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. That night there were shepherds lying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, it is no wonder that the angel had to reassure the shepherds saying, fear not. Can you imagine if you saw the angelic armies of heaven appear in the skies with the radiance of God surrounding them? You would be afraid too. Especially when you realize that you are a sinner 
and that the world around you is full of sin, and the world around you has rebelled against the Lord of heaven's armies. And the shepherds were probably thinking, this is it. This is the day of reckoning where God finally comes and holds all of us rebellious people accountable. We're doomed. And so the angel had to reassure the shepherds, and us too, don't be afraid. I'm bringing good news. This is a good thing. Jesus is coming to give you another chance. He's not coming to judge you or destroy you, though that's what you deserve. Jesus comes in peace. He is here to save you. He's here to give you another chance. And so Jesus came preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's about to break in and take over. This is your last chance to get your life right with God and to recognize that he is Yahweh, the true and eternal Lord of all. And some did accept Jesus' message, and some did not. Those who rejected him crucified him. Somehow they sort of thought in their mind, if we kill God's son, we can take the kingdom for ourselves. We can be our own lords, and we will not have to answer to God anymore. You think that'll work? No, it's not going to work. Yahweh is the Lord of heaven's armies. And as sweet as the Christmas story is, I don't want you to miss a very important theme. Heaven's army, heaven's armies have us surrounded. Think of this world as a walled city, kind of like Jerusalem when the prophet Jeremiah was there living. This world is a walled city and heaven's armies have us surrounded and there's no escape. It's only a matter of time. God has sent his son, Jesus, as a peaceful emissary. Yahweh knows that we're all confused. He knows that sometimes we've been lied to, that the evil rulers of this world don't want us to know the truth. They don't want us to know that God is holy and just and true. They will tell you anything to get you to turn away from the King of kings and Lord of lords and keep giving your allegiance to them. They'll tell you anything. They want you to forget that God even exists so that you'll only trust them. Even when the Lord of heaven's armies is standing right outside the walls, poised to knock them down and to recapture the rebellious world, the rulers of this world will say, there's no God. That's just a bunch of outdated, superstitious nonsense. And they'll say the Bible is full of lies and bigotry and racism and homophobia. And the evil rulers of this world would have you believe that by denying God, the God who made you, by turning your back on his way of living, that you will end up on the right side of history. 
A lot of people will say that. They use that expression. They say they want to be on the right side of history. And I think about that and I think, I'd rather be on the winning side than the right side of history. My mission in life is to draw people closer to God with every breath and every step I take. And so as I think about my life and I try to be intentional about everything that I do, I want it to draw people to God. Yahweh is my Lord. I want to live out His values, even if they are values that current or future generations mock as stupid or outdated or even evil. The truth is, wicked people will always call the pure, holy ways of a pure, holy God evil or outdated or whatever. And I don't mind if I'm on the wrong side of history if history is being written by ungodly people. What really matters to me is what God thinks. Yahweh is the Lord of heaven's armies. He is going to defeat the forces of evil. And I want to be on his side. In the meantime, for a while at least, we might feel a lot like the prophet Jeremiah, cooped up inside the walled city of Jerusalem. Remember, as he was there, God told Jeremiah that he was sending the Babylonian army to capture Jerusalem because Jerusalem had turned its back on Yahweh, their Lord. They had forsaken their vows to serve the Lord, their God. And so God was coming to destroy Jerusalem and take the people into exile. And God sent Jeremiah to warn them, to tell them to repent. But the people didn't want to hear it. And so it put Jeremiah in a very bad position. Speak the truth of God and live for God and have people hate you and in his circumstance even try to kill him. Or go along with the people and turn your back on God and be destroyed by God. And today our choice is similar. We're in a similar situation in many ways. Sometimes it may feel like the world around us has already won because everyone around us seems to be rejecting God and be rejecting His holy word and be rejecting His ways. But that's only because we live inside the besieged city. Outside the walls, the host of heaven's armies have gathered to surround us. They are waiting for Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of heaven's armies, simply to give the word. The moment he gives the symbol, the signal, the trumpets will sound, and the walls that separate our corrupted, rebellious world from the glory of heaven will come crashing down. And the Lord Jesus will come again just as he promised. And this time, Jesus won't come as a baby in a manger. He will come as a conquering king. And those he finds 
who have been faithful will be rewarded. And those who have lived in rebellion will be punished. And there will be a new heaven. And there will be a new earth. And there will be a new history written too. A history written in the Lamb's book of life. That records those who were faithful and followed Christ. And also those who followed the ways of an evil world who will be cast away into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so we have to understand the vulnerability of our situation. We also have to understand the graciousness that God has offered us in Jesus Christ. Not because we deserved it, because that he is going as far absolutely as far as he can to extend to us his gracious offer of forgiveness and reconciliation. But that offer doesn't last forever. And that's why Jesus came. And he preached in Matthew 3, verse 2. He said, repent of your sins. And turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Let us pray. Gracious Father, as we remember the Christmas story right here in the middle of summer, help us to see it with fresh eyes. Help us to see it as more than just a sweet tradition where we give candy canes and presents to one another. Help us to see your offer of peace. Help us to hear your call to unconditional surrender as we recognize who you truly are. For you are Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of heaven's armies. You are Lord. Help us to willingly and with complete hearts bow before you as our Lord. Through your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.